Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Morning, Love Reaching Communities. So good to be here and such a privilege to share God's Word with you this morning. Um, before I start, I've got one more announcement, and that is um, for our ladies' conference. Well, I can't call it, call it our ladies' conference. Um, we will be going on a little road trip on the 7th of April. Um, we are going out to a church in Clarksdorp, who also relates to NCMI that Brandon just spoke about. So it won't just be our ladies. There will be ladies from all kinds of churches there um, gathering together for a time of worship. And um, I believe there will be quite a bit of prophetic input. So we're really excited about that. The cost for the entire day, we are hiring buses so that you can not be the school mom that sends your child on the bus, but you can actually go and sit on the bus and we will give you a little breakfast pack and we will drive you there and then you will have lunch and nice biscuits and coffee and teas there and enjoy the presence of God and then we will drive back. Um, so all of that is included in that, in that price. You've got two paydays, two paydays to save up for this. So um, make it a priority. Make it a priority to... For me, it's two sets of makeup things that I need to give up to be able to go to that. So, yeah, I, I really want to encourage you to go with us. I think it will be a good time of just worship and prayer and just being together as women and being encouraged in God. Um, yeah, so all the details are up there. What time we leave, what time we'll be back. Oh, it's not up there. I think we're going to leave early, guys, like 5 o'clock in the morning or something. So it's going to be like real road trip stuff, okay? <laughs> And we'll be back around about 7 or 8 o'clock. Okay. Start my clock. Um, we are busy with a series called What Jesus Did. And while praying about what I felt God wanted me to share on this morning, um, I felt he wanted me to share a word that he gave me or a picture that he gave me or a conversation that the two of us had during my December holiday. And the thing that I want to speak about this morning is how Jesus dealt with his emotions and how he expressed his emotions. And that in itself is a scary thing for people because for a lot of us, that is a private part of our lives and we don't like to speak about those things. And we don't like for people to get involved in that. And we certainly don't want to hear a preach on it. So my challenge to you this morning is, will you just open your heart to the Holy Spirit that's all I'm asking. You don't have to open your heart to anyone else. Open your heart to Jesus. Because as we go through the scriptures this morning, you will see that he understands who you are and where you are. Lord Jesus, I just pray this morning that what will be shared will be relevant, will touch hearts, and will make eyes to open to see your face, Lord Jesus. I pray that nothing will not make sense. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will tug at hearts this morning for what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. So while we were on holiday in Cape Town, I was having a moment in the kitchen. I think I was busy doing something, making a cup of coffee one morning. And, and um, for those who don't know, our son had a big accident last year where he cut his arm open. He, he literally almost died. He almost bled out in front of our eyes. Um, Thank God, it's his birthday today, he's 11, and he's well, and his hand is recovering. Um, 
I felt God ask me this question while we were standing in the kitchen. He said to me, what did you do with Jude when he cut his arm? I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? What did I do? He's like, what, what did you guys do? I said, well, Johan ran, picked him up, and they took him to the hospital. And God asked me why. I'm like, because otherwise he would have died. There's no ways I could have helped him. And God said this to me. He said, I'm concerned for my church because they are bleeding out on the inside. Their wounds are so gaping and they, they're trying to self-medicate. They're trying to fix it themselves and they can't. And while we were having this conversation, I felt God say to me, I want you to give this word to love reaching communities because I want to start a new healing work within them in this year, 2018. I kept praying about it, and I said, God, you need to show me when I need to share this. And when Johan asked me to preach, I felt God saying, now you need to share this. So off that picture and what God said to me at that moment, I, I would like to share and, and show how Jesus was and is a very emotional person. He has emotions. When he walked this earth, he had emotions. It was so beautiful last week when he spoke. Um, he used a quote from Max Lucado that said basically this. A just God, Jesus, would be able to save us, but he wouldn't be able to understand us. A just man, Jesus, would be able to understand us, but he wouldn't have been able to save us. But a God-man, Jesus, was able to do both. He's able to save you, but he's also able to understand this part of your life. He's able to understand your emotions. My first point is simply this. Jesus felt. Just let that sink in. Jesus felt. He felt joy, grief, compassion, loneliness, perplexity, alarm, dismay, despondency. That word despondency, if you go and look it up in a dictionary, means depressed. Jesus Jesus sometimes had those emotions where he felt overwhelmed like we do. He also, you know, he experienced feelings of rejection. He was called, there's a scripture in Mark, I can't remember now where it is, I think it's Mark 3 or 4, that says he was called the son of Mary. He was labeled, not the son of Joseph and Mary son of Mary, because there were rumors, you know, that his mom, she was not kosher. He was labeled. He was rejected. He felt those emotions, guys. Yes, he was God, but he was man. He felt it. Something that I found so beautiful and I've been chatting to Cindy. Cindy is one of the psychologists that we have here. She said to me the other day, you know, Jesus was able to so beautifully express his emotions. 
And I went on a journey just in the Gospels. Um, Daryl, you can put those up. There's some scripture references just for the sake of time. I cannot read all of them. The first one is that Jesus wept. He cried. He had tear ducts like us, and he cried. You have tear ducts for a reason. You need to cry sometimes. I love this one. Jesus wailed. <laughs> How many of you have wailed before? I've been there where you just like, it's just so bad that you just need to wail. I love this one because I do it often. Jesus sighed. <sighs> he did that. He was a human like us. He groaned. I looked at the Greek word here for groan and it says, a sighing deeply in the spirit. You know when you're so deeply disturbed within yourself that you feel like you're sighing on the inside? I like this. He flashed angry glares at people. That literally means to look around. He looked around at them with anger. He had angry eyes. He had loving eyes, but he also had angry eyes at times. He spoke with annoyance in his voice. Um, I went and looked at that scripture, Mark 10 verse 14, where Jesus was with the little children and the disciples say, no, he doesn't have time right now. And it, the word says that he, he was indignant, annoyed, disturbed, or hurt. He felt those things. He felt it deeply. He used chiding words. Sometimes he broke out in rage. Those scriptures that I put there, John 11, verse 33 and 38, you'll see the word groaned is being used. But when you go and look at the Greek meaning, it's, it means to snort with anger. Have you ever pictured Jesus like that, snorting with anger? He also openly exalted. The question I feel God is asking us this morning is, when last did you simply feel? Just feel. Anger, resentment, joy, peace, hurt. And then the beautiful thing about Jesus was, is he knew how to express his feelings. You see, for some of us, for some of us, we haven't even, we, we're not even feeling. We are so numb, we are not even feeling. We haven't even come to the place where we can express how we're feeling about something. Jesus lived a life that felt and expressed his feelings and still brought glory to God. You see, an unexpressed feeling turns into an undealt feeling over time. And when you have an undealt feeling, you will eventually want to stop feeling that feeling because you don't know how to deal with it. I love that Jesus doesn't stop by expressing his feelings. So when Jesus 
gets to the house of Lazarus, for instance, and he sees all these people weeping. These are people that he loved, that he spent time with. Sees them there, Mary and Martha, weeping. And it says, Jesus wept. But he doesn't stop with the weeping. He doesn't just express his sadness. He comes and he, he does something with what he feels. And for him in that moment, he felt his father say, we're going to raise Lazarus from the dead. There was action. There was action after his expression of his feelings. Again, when the disciples deny the little children, Jesus is indignant. He feels hurt and upset and angry. But he doesn't, you know, that's what we do when we're hurt and upset and angry. We go. I'm done now. I'm out. I'm not going to talk to that person. I can't. Jesus is hurt and irritated in that moment. But the same people who irritated him, those disciples, he looks at them and he says, no, do not hinder them. And his action is, come to me. And he blesses them. There's action. Another question I felt God wanted to ask us is, are your emotions being expressed? And are your expressed emotions leading to some kind of action? So, my question was, I don't know, in my mind to God is, what does that look like for us, Lord? Like, for, for you it was raising Lazarus from the dead or blessing the children. What is your expectation of us? And I felt God say a few of the next couple of points. For some of us, we just need to go to Jesus to learn to feel again. This will be your starting point. Some of us are so numb with our pain and our baggage and our emotions and having to carry it by ourselves that we actually just need to feel again. Some of us know exactly what we are feeling. I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling hurt or I'm feeling joyful, but we have no idea how to express that. And sadly, we have believed that it's a sin to express our sin, uh, to express our emotions. When your emotions start taking over, and you are constantly led by your emotions, and you make every decision out of your emotions, that's not okay. But we are allowed to express how we're feeling. It was a natural progression for Jesus in his daily walk. When he had to express how he felt, he didn't walk away and go and express it there. He expressed it right there in front of the people. He wept or he was irritated or he, he did it. For some of us, we believe it's a sign of weakness when we show our emotions. Jesus didn't see it as a sign of weakness. It was just a part of who he was. It's not a sign of weakness. This is a hard one because for some of us on occasions, we have shared our emotions and we have felt misunderstood 
unheard and even more hurt after we've shared. We have a friend who came to us once and said to us that he battles with same-sex attraction. And he, in his heart, feels convicted that he doesn't want to live this life. And he, he went for counseling at the church because he wanted, to, he wanted to be better. He wanted to be whole. And the same people who were supposed to counsel him ended up in relationships with him. The people that he went and trusted. And to this day, he's so confused with the people that are supposed to help me. It's a hard one. For some of us, that is why we keep it all to ourselves. For some of us, and I need you to hear this, me on this one. For some of us, we need to actually go and seek someone that can help us professionally. Now, I'm not telling you to go and find a psychologist out there that believes in the weirdest things and the most horrible things and teaches you how to do Reiki and meditate, and I'm not saying that. What I am telling you is in this church, we have programs like The Journey. We have people like the psychologists that we employ here, who we know will not just take you on this let's talk about a journey, but they will take you on a journey of let's get to the feet of Jesus so that he can show you how to deal with your emotions. So I, I need you guys to understand that the elders of this church as far as we can and as far as we are convicted, we look after our emotional well-being because we cannot lead this church or take this church where it's supposed to go if we are not in an emotionally good place. Last year was a terrible year for me. A terrible year. Probably out of my 38 years of living, my worst life, year of my life ever. And you know what? It got to a point where I actually had to say, I'm not coping with my emotions. I'm not feeling them sometimes. And sometimes I'm feeling them so much that I don't know, I don't know how to deal with them. And I had to go and sit with Cindy and say, since, I don't know, please help me. And we sat and we chatted. And you know what she did? She said to me, okay, now let's close our eyes and let's ask God, what does he want to say to you? And you know, I walked into that counseling session knowing that I'm there because my son cut his arm open and I don't know how to deal with that. And when I got to the end of that session, God had dealt with such an insecurity in me about my marriage that I, that I never would have seen if I didn't just do that. It liberated me. Johan had to go and sit with her. Our children had to go and sit with her. Guys, that is not weakness. It is not weakness when the leaders of this church look after their emotional being. Or if you have to speak about it, or if you have to express yourself. 
So I'm telling you this so that you know this is a safe place. If you come to us and you allow us to get you in touch with the right people or just pray with you, whatever you are ready to be vulnerable with, I feel that God wants to bring emotional healing in people this year. And the only way that is going to happen is if you say, God, I want to be healed. I can't do this anymore. My grandfather was 91 when he passed away. How old are you now, Dad? Yeah, 68. Okay, so just before my dad was born, my grandfather had a terrible accident at the public swimming pool because that's where you swam back in the day, at the public swimming pool. And um, the, the entire family would go at lunchtime and they would go and swim. And he was on the diving board and he... As he jumped off, he saw his brother underneath him. So he, he hesitated. And when he fell, he fell with his one leg out of the pool into like one of those things where the water goes in. And he broke his leg quite badly. And because in that day and age, they didn't really know how to operate on that. I don't know what went wrong. But his leg never repaired properly. He always walked with a limp. And he had terrible sores on his leg. Because it was just, I don't know if they used things that were, that were dirty or whatever. But, but the thing with my grandfather was, we never saw those sores. Never. He always had a bandage around it. When I would get there, I'm like, oh, are you okay? He's like, oh, my leg is in agony, but I'm fine, my girl. One day closer to home. That was his favorite saying. Yes, and the Lord kept him here for 91 years. It was a very long time. <laughs> Every time I saw him, he's like, I'm one day closer to him, my girl. About three months before he died, he, I got there one day. He was, in, he was crying. He fell on me, crying. I had such a fright because he was quite a together man. Didn't often see him cry. And he just said to me, I'm very sick. I said to him, Opa, you need to allow us to help you. And for the first time in 68 years, he allowed us to sit with him and take those bandages off. And it was horrific. What we saw was horrific. But you know what? The relief on his face when we all just sat there and we're like, it's okay, Opa. We're going to help you. We're going to get you to a wound clinic and we are going to help you. Why do I tell the story? Because we have bound up our own wounds with these Useless bandages, useless bandages, that over time, the smell will come through the bandages. You will be so rotten on the inside that you cannot hide it anymore. And you will get to a place where you'll say, Jesus, I can't. Please help me. I am so sore. Please help me. You need to allow Jesus. When Jesus says, I have come up, I have come to bind up the brokenhearted, he's a wound specialist. He's a wound specialist. You are safe in his arms and in his hands. So 
the one more thing I felt God say is, um, we need to have a, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me moment. Matthew 27 verse 46 says, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, for Jesus, that was a literal forsaken. And we're going to look at that now. But when we say, Jesus, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We recognize that we actually need him. We need him. Even though you feel so forsaken and you feel so hurt and you feel so destroyed, you need him. Maybe today you just need to have that moment where you can stand in front of the God of the universe and with respect say to you, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because I feel so forsaken. On that point, listen to this. Matthew, oh, sorry, Mark 14, verse 32 to 36. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John. And he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. How many times have you said that to God? Lord, I know all things are possible for you. Yet not what I will, but what you will. The same account, Luke 22, verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down from the ground. For me, this is probably Jesus' hardest moment. It's his hardest moment. And he, he did that. We were discussing this in Bible study the other day. Such a revelation for me. He did that so that I never have to feel that. He knew that he would be separated. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually from his father. He had this most horrific moment. He experienced that so that you and I never, ever, ever ever have to experience that if we say to him, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. You might face physical death one day, but you will never face a spiritual death. And even in your physical death, he will be there. Ilan, now that you opstaan, kom gauw hier sien, kan ek jou gebruik? I want to illustrate something. This is Ilan, for those who don't know. Ilan van Wijk. I am representing God. So Ilan, I just want you to walk wherever you want to walk. Can you just walk for me? Okay? 
Okay, and then we stop here. And here someone comes to Ilan and says to Ilan, Ach man, what is jy? Who are you? Oh, and his heart is hurt. He feels it. There's that rejection. And you know what we do? Ilan loop for my Torah after by the sound desk. We walk. And we think in that moment that God stays here. But he doesn't. Kailan kom gaat terug. Hartloop. He feels that hurt. And he internalizes that hurt. And he walks away from that thing, feeling hurt. But you know what? When he starts walking, God doesn't leave him in his hurt. And as they are walking, God is speaking to him and telling him that I am your dad and I believe you are the best. Do not believe what other people say about you because I made you fearfully and wonderfully. And you're going to be okay, my boy. And in that moment, God imparts his joy or his peace and his word becomes living. Give him a hand. He was amazing. You see, we often quote, quote that scripture, God will never leave us nor forsake us. Do you understand that he was forsaken on that cross? When he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because it was a literal forsaking. So that you and I never, ever, ever have to feel that or go through that. So maybe this morning you are sitting with so much in your heart that you just, it is, it's either so numb or so hurting or so gaping. I wish you could, I, I wish I could show you all the photo of my son's arm. It was horrific. You want to vomit when you see it. That is how some of our hearts look. And we, we keep trying to put our own little bandages on it and say, oh, I can do this. I don't need anyone. I don't need God. It's not the Christian thing to do, you know. We can't wash our washing in public. We're not asking you to wash your washing in public. We're asking you to be healed. What does that look like for you? As we end off, when you take these elements this morning, will you remember that he was, he was separated from his father so that you never ever have to be separated from him? For some of you, maybe you just need to have a good cry again. Use your tear ducts. Just go and sit on the lap of Jesus and cry. For some of you, maybe you just need to say, God, I have no idea how to feel. Please help me to feel again. Show me what that looks like. For some of you, maybe you need to take your bandages off. Say, God, I'm tired of hiding. It's not working. Maybe someone needs to chat to one of the elders this morning and say, I'm, I'm in way beyond my head. I need specialist care. It is okay if you need to see someone, guys. It's okay. It's okay if you need to speak to someone. God uses people. That's his, that's his main method of, of who he uses. 
Maybe you just need to sit with Jesus and say, thank you. I'm so grateful. I just want to feel the gratitude. Maybe you need to come and kneel here and just cry your heart out or let someone pray with you. We are going to do communion now. And I ask that we allow the Holy Spirit to just come and just come and wrap our bandages off our sores, off our emotional man that we've hidden for so long. And we put the lies aside that says it's a sin to feel. And we put the lies aside that says I have to carry this by myself. And ask when you are ready. Maybe we can just move the tables forward. There's a table in the back, I think, as well. Please come and get your communion. And remember that God made a way for your emotional healing as well. This was His way. I want to ask if you need prayer, if you need to do something physical like kneel, if you need to walk someone and, to someone and say, please just pray with me. I can't, I can't carry this by myself anymore. Whatever it looks like for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. And thank you for your body that was broken for us. We choose to remember this morning, Lord, how you made a way for us. And we thank you, Jesus.